This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Real EFL's League 2 Look Back. I am your host Matt and joining me this week we have Charlie and Kyle. Kyle, Charlie, how are you guys? I'm good thanks Matt, I'm really good thanks. Oh brilliant, and what about yourself Charlie? Yeah really good, obviously I had a, I had a week off the League 2 podcast last weekend in favour of going on the League 1 podcast, but mm. I am back back where I belong, shall we say. <laughs> back back where you belong uh, in probably the best well, Back where Gillingham that... belong, anyway. <laughs> hey, I'll have none of that. And on that note, let's move on to our first game, and it is Notts County versus Gillingham. And... Well, here it goes, guys. Gillingham's thrilling 3-1 comeback against Notts County at Meadow Lane is the stuff of legends. <laughs> After falling behind early to a goal by Notts County's Dan Crowley, Gillingham rallied with a display of sheer determination. Ollie Hawkins, Max Clark and Connor Masterson became the heroes for the duels as they all found the back of the net, propelling Gillingham to a stunning victory and seventh place in the League 2 standings before the Saturday kickoffs. The 13th minute magic between the Cowleys, uh, so with Cowleys, spectacular long-range goal assisted by the record-breaking Jody Jones, who notched his 17th assist of the season. However, Gillingham quickly turned the tide when Masterson's perfectly placed cross set up Hawkins for a powerful headed goal. Before half-time, Clark's impeccable finish uh, with the outside of his foot further solidified Gillingham's ascendancy. As if there weren't enough, Gillingham continued their dominance in the second half with Masterson's headed goal from a failed Notts County clearance, sealing the deal. Uh, the excitement didn't stop there as Ting TM's close call and Masterson's near miss in the dying moments added to the dramatic narrative of this match. Uh, guys, I've put it there, dramatic match. I thought it was a dramatic match. Uh, end to end. I mean, look, Knott's had... 73% possession throughout the entire game. Uh, but they couldn't do anything with it, could they? 
No, well, I, I'm going to start on Notts County because I, I'm I'm very much aware that you're going to take the Gillingham narrative in a little bit, and uh, I'm sure Carl can then kind of play off of both of that. But I'm going to just take the Notts County side of it for a minute because, first of all, they went one and up. Great start for um, for Stuart Maynard's men there, and obviously they would have been quite pleased. A home match Friday night under the lights that have wanted to get off to a good start, and they did with Dan Crowley. And I, ju- I just want to pick up on Dan Crowley, actually, because I said in the summer that he's one of the signings of the League Two season, because it might not necessarily look at it if you maybe look through some of his past stats and things like that, but I think he's an absolutely exceptional player, especially at this level. And I kind of think he's a little bit overlooked in that Notts County side. Obviously, you've mentioned Jody Jones, and he's going to get all of the plaudits, 17 assists, that's wildly impressive. And obviously, Macaulay Langstaff's 20 goals. But Dan Crowley's got 11 goals himself and seven assists. So I just really wanted to point that out. Uh, also, Notts County, let's just talk about their season for a minute. Now, I've been saying on this podcast for most of the year that actually I didn't think they were going to make, especially not automatics. And I thought they'd even struggle to make playoffs. Start to be a little bit vindicated in that opinion at the minute because... They are really, really struggling. They've dropped far too many points over the past couple of months. Even the back end of um, you know the former manager's reign there, they were losing a lot of matches. Just, just silly mistakes on a consistent basis. Even games where they weren't being outclassed, they're, they're uh, conceding far, far too many goals. And you can't do that in League 2. In League 2, you have to be able to shut up shop, something that they just cannot seem to do. Now, Stuart Maynard, for me, has got one of the biggest jobs on his hand in the whole of League 2. Right now, when I look at the table and when I look at the way teams have been playing, I quite easily see seven teams that are better than them. So, wouldn't surprise me too much to see Notts County drop, stay out of the playoffs for the rest of the season. Now, do I think they could turn it around? Absolutely. They've got quality in their side, especially going forward. But it's these defensive errors that Stuart Maynard, we seem to be saying every week when we're talking about County, they need to be getting rid of these defensive errors. Absolutely. I mean, look, they haven't won a game since the 29th of December, Carl. Um, I mean, something's obviously going wrong there. They had this really great start to the season. They were flying high. Um, do you think teams have just figured them out? Yeah, I think so. I think they've got, obviously, you look at reliance uh, necessarily on the players like Langstaff, uh, Dan Crowley, as Charlie just said, with his 11 goals. Uh, Jerry Jones has been excellent. They've got they've got a really tough run. Uh, I've got the games up in front of me. Um, their upcoming games, I think they go to, where was it, on Tuesday? Uh, sorry, they're at oh. Saturday. So uh, Newport, yeah, Newport, Newport, Newport yeah, County, yeah. yeah. Newport, and obviously they had a really good result uh, yesterday, which we'll come on to in a bit. You just, at the moment, you can't really see them picking up points the next three or four games. They've got a really, really tough tough few games, and it's they're not the type of games where Stuart Maynard will get a chance to uh, embed his ethos into, into Notts County. So, yeah, they've got a hell of a lot of jobs, to, a, a massive job to turn it around at the moment, and there's plenty of teams who have been waiting in recent weeks to capitalise, and this weekend, some of them have, and I can't really see them regaining that playoff spot at the moment, to be honest. No, I, t- I, look, I totally get what, what you're coming from, and obviously, look, I'm going to say from a Gillingham's perspective yesterday, 
uh, full credit has to go to uh, the management team there because look, for the first 13 minutes, um, I do think Knotts were probably the better team and deserved to be 1-0 up. But uh, as soon as we got our first goal, um, again, we sh we pretty much shut up shop. We stopped off any of their passing lanes. We were, you know, uh, that really limited them to, to shots from, from miles away that weren't going to trouble Jake Turner uh, in goal. But it was a bit of a shock because when I saw them early on in the season, they looked really threatening going forward. But yesterday, it just it didn't seem like there was that impetus at the at the top, even though they've got all these great goal scorers. But none of them really seem to be firing, and it was a bit of a shame. Uh, obviously, for it to end that way. But look, from a Gillingham perspective, I am obviously more than happy that we've gone away from home. We've taken three points, uh, which is brilliant. We just got to make sure we can do it at home now because. Look, I, I always come out with an outrageous during them taken. I've, I had a dream last night, and there's a bit of a backstory to this dream that I've got a bet going with with somebody I do another podcast with that if Gillingham, sorry, that if Wrexham don't get promoted this year, he's going to have to wear a Wrexham shirt at Priestfield, and if they do, I'll have to wear it. Okay. My dream though last night was Gillingham are going to play Wrexham in the playoff final, and we are going to beat them. I can tell you now, this is definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah yeah okay Matt no. so <laughs> anyway okay well after that game and uh, it was a thrilling game yesterday by uh the uh so on Friday night by the Jules Jewelingham are in ninth Notts County are in 10th let's move swiftly on to our next game this was Grimsby versus Stockport and Stockport County showcased their dominance by securing a convincing win over Grimsby, sending a powerful message to their competitors in the League Two promotion race. Anthony Sirkovic, uh, Isaac Oliafi and Lewis Cass in his Stockport debut all found the back of the net in the first half, despite a consolation goal from Grimsby's abs uh, sorry, Abu Issa. Stockport maintain their four-point lead at the top of the table. I Do you know what? This is the one thing I've got to say quickly now. I absolutely hate it because I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Apologies. Uh, we'll get back to the game. Uh, Sir Mitch opened the scoring in the eighth minute by capitalising on a loose pass from Harvey Cartwell and calmly slotting the ball past the on-rushing Grimsby goalkeeper. Oliafi doubled the lead six minutes later, finishing off a swift counter-attack involving Nick Powell and Connor Laymore-Evans. Cass added a third goal in the 28th minute with a header from Cervix Cross. Although Issa pulled one back from Grimsby shortly after the restart, they were unable to further inroads. So to make further inroads, despite their efforts for the remainder of the game, uh, guys, Carl uh, Stockport dominant yesterday. That first half, uh, I mean, I think any team in League Two would have done well to concede just three goals. I thought Grimsby, you know, did well just to, just to stop the three. It was an onslaught, wasn't it? Yeah, Stockport were excellent yesterday. Obviously, the first goal, they didn't really have to work too hard to get into a lead. It was a horrible uh, mistake from Grimsby's keeper. That second goal, I just want to touch on, that ball from Nick Powell that set it, well, that started the move. It was a quick free kick. It it was genuinely like championship quality. It was a ridiculous pass into Lemonhay Evans. Um, it is... <laughs> It just it just shows how good they are at the moment, and yeah, the, the game was done within the half hour. To be honest, I don't think Grimsby were ever going to get back in the game. Um, at that point, Stockport were just just excellent yesterday. Um, 
it was nice to see uh, Charles Vernon um, involved in the third goal. Uh, sorry, in Grimsby's uh, consolation goal. Uh, decent little run um, to get him in behind uh, to create the chance, and then yeah, Aburiza scored the rebound. But yeah, Stockport are just while other teams are faltering a bit and dropping a few points, they just seem to keep going on, and they've looked like the team that will that will win this league this season. Yeah, I mean, they look so consistent, don't they? Um, but look, you've got to say all credit to Grimsby because, uh, you know, they haven't done too badly in the, you know, their last few games and they were starting to pick up a few points around. But that Stockport team yesterday just demolished them. And yeah, I think they did well just to let it just be three in that first half. Yeah, yeah, look, of course they did. Um, I think at the end of the day, Grimsby are lucky that no other teams around them really picked up points apart from Doncaster. None of the teams below them did, which is something that they, uh, they're really thankful for because obviously we had the conversation on this podcast only a couple of weeks ago about the teams that may end up going down if Sutton were to potentially kind of have a bit of a revival. I mean, or Forest Green, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but, you know, if Sutton carried on the sort of revival that they thought they may be able to do, I said, I think Ivan said as well when he was on the podcast, that if anyone was going to be that side that did fall into the bottom two, then it would be Grimsby. But, yes, they've lost this game, but they still managed to score a goal and they've lost to the league leaders. And to be fair, you look at the stats, they weren't exactly disgraced and they had a couple of opportunities themselves, like Kyle picked out. Obviously, Charles Vernon being involved in the goal and they had a couple of other opportunities as well a little bit later on in the game. But again, and how often are we talking about this in League Two? It's defensive woes that unfortunately cost them. Uh, Brandon, one of the regular sort of um, pundits on this podcast, also tweeted out yesterday something along the lines of Stockport fans will be discussing how that's the easiest goal they'll score all season. Tweeted that after the first goal, then had to tweet it again after the second goal. Doesn't that just say it all? Yeah, it does. It was say it was very unfortunate. Look, Grimsby have got a you know Colchester and Doncaster coming up in their next two games, and it's gonna you know very vital that they get some points out of those games. But after the full time whistle, there uh, that leaves obviously Stockport top of the pile in first. Grimsby are in twenty first. On to our next game. This was Wimbledon versus Barrow and AFC Wimbledon bolstered their pursuit of a League Two playoff position with an impressive 2-0 triumph over fellow promotion candidates Barrow at Plough Lane. The Dons took an early lead when Paul Farman's headed clearance fell to Ronan Curtis, who confidently controlled the ball before striking it into the net from 25 yards, leaving the Barrow goalkeeper stranded. Wimbledon extended their advantage 10 minutes later as Armani Little delivered a superb cross that was met by Omar Bugle's header at the back post, securing the team's second goal. Despite Barrow's efforts, including David Wall's close attempt early in the second half and an excellent save by Farman, ascending off for Jamie Proctor in the late stages of the match hindered their chances of a comeback. This victory propelled AFC Wimbledon to eighth in the table where Barrow slipped from those automatic promotion places to fourth. Um, and guys, uh, weren't AFC worthy of that victory yesterday? They, they, look, I always have admiration for Pete Wilde and Barrow and, you know, you know it, but 
AFC Wimbledon were brilliant yesterday. And they don't seem to yeah. be missing uh, Al Hamidi at the top, do they? No, no, they uh, they really deserve huge credit for that victory yesterday. Now, this was a game that um, some of the real EFL pundits previewed, actually, on, what was it, Friday before the game in an article. And I'll be honest, I put Barrow to win that game. And one of the things that I, I spoke about was the fact, that from a Wimbledon point of view, if they were to sort of get into the game, they obviously could no longer rely on an Al-Hamadi. And they sort of had to show that they weren't surround that, that they didn't need him basically. And one of the key pe- sort of people I uh, picked out of that was Ronan Curtis. Thought it's about time. Obviously, providing fitness and match sharpness, he needs to start. And I said, if he, you know, if he did start, I think he could do something. It didn't exactly take him very long, did it? You know, what was it? Sixteen minutes in before he scores that goal. I just want to talk about what on earth Paul Farman was doing. I mean, look, I I, I love Paul Farman. Um, and, you know, he's been a great keeper, especially this season for Barrow. You know, certainly deserves the plaudits he's been getting. <laughs> but what on earth was that? I mean, don't get me wrong. As a, as a Lincoln fan, I cannot talk because from one goalkeeping error from Paul Farman, just it, just have a little look at Lucas Jensen's in League One for Lincoln City yesterday. Uh, because, well, yeah, we don't really want to be talking about goalkeepers at the minute, do we, Kyle? Um, no, but... I don't, don't. Don't look at it. Please no. don't look back. I can't <laughs> even look back I, re- I refuse to watch it. It is. It's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, Carl. When you look back, doesn't make it feel any better. Um, but obviously, yeah, Barrow. That result did mean that they dropped out of the automatic promotion race, as as you very much said there, Matt. And that's obviously going to be disappointing for them, but I don't think this is the amount of it. They've been in and out of those promotion places all season, bouncing, you know, between like as high as second and as low as sort of fifth for most of the season. And it hasn't really mattered. They've not shown any kind of a lack of overall consistency in terms of going on a really poor run. They've had a couple of really great runs, sure, but I I just do see them being able to bounce back from this. I really do. They're not the sort of side that, for me, are going to be thrown off by a loss like this, especially to a very, very strong AFC Wimbledon side. Let's not pretend like this is them losing to a forest green at the bottom of the league. They've lost to a very, very solid uh, FC Wimbledon side, and obviously speaking of Forest Green, that is who they face on Tuesday in, at home. So Barrow are going to want to bounce back as soon as they possibly can, and I very much think they can. Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to bounce back on <laughs> uh, on, on Tuesday. Night. No disrespect to Barrow, uh, sorry to Forest Green at all, but uh, look the way Pete Wild gets these guys going there, they'll wipe they'll wipe that game off, you know, on the coach back home, uh, and and they'll be ready to go. Um, but yeah, I've got to ask Carl because I did mention it. Obviously, you know, it kind of almost felt like when he went that Al Hamidi was going to be a big miss for, for AFC Wimbledon. Clearly, he's not because they are storming and they are gonna, they are really after getting this playoffs, aren't they? They, they are, dare I say it, gonna be potentially one of the seven, aren't they? Yeah, I certainly think so. Um, they've been excellent on their own on their own patch in uh, recent weeks. I think that was a sixth home win in seven, 10 in 12 in all competitions. Uh, I'd like to point out that I uh, backed Wimbledon to uh, to win in that preview. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, Thank I'll you, Kyle. <laughs> don't, don't, look at, don't look at any of the other ones, but I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> it's my area of expertise, apparently, according to this. 
Um, <laughs> no, they were they were excellent yesterday. Um, as Charlie was saying, then they've never Barrow have never really gone for a spell of the season where they've been massively out of form. I think that's two winning uh, two wins in nine though. Um, but yeah, they should they should bounce back in midweek. And yeah, the players that have stepped up, Roman Curtis, I absolutely love him. He's an excellent player, and that finish mm-hmm. is. I know, obviously, it's come from Farman's mistake, but he's such an audacious lob. Amani mm. um, Little as well for the the second is crossing to Omar Bugle, and yeah, they were just they were excellent yesterday. It just wasn't Barrow's day, but yeah, as we've as we've all said, a uh, big chance on Tuesday night for them to bounce back. Absolutely, big chance, and let's see if they do it. Uh, obviously, on Tuesday, but after that game finish, obviously, as I said earlier, AFC Wimbledon are currently in eighth, and Barrow are in fourth. On to our next game. This was Harrogate versus Colchester, and Harrogate secured a dramatic one-nil victory over Colchester with Jack Muldon's fourth consecutive goal in stoppage time. His 92nd minute strike extended Harrogate's unbeaten league run to six games, matching their best sequence since joining the EFL. In the first half, Colchester, under the leadership of Danny Cowley, dominated the game with strong, long-range efforts from Cameron McGee and Noah Shivers. Uh, That tested Harrogate's goalkeeper. Uh, Alistair Smith also missed a golden opportunity by heading wide from close range. After the break, Harry Anderson and Connor Hall had nearly, uh, sorry, had near misses for Colchester, while Harrogate's Abraham Odu and Molden threatened Colchester's goalkeeper, Owen Goodman, with their attacking play. As the game seemed destined for a draw, Matt Daly's shot caused a spill from Goodman, allowing Molden to force the ball over the line from close range, securing the crucial victory for Harrogate. Uh, Guys, Harrogate now have jumped up into the playoff spaces. Uh, are they going to be there come the end of the season? That's the question. Who's going? Who's going to go first? Come on, who's, who's going to go, go first? Go on, go on, go on then, Kyle. I'll, that's, I would, are they going I would to be absolutely there? Absolutely love it. I just, I really, I really don't know. Um, they're on, a, as you've mentioned, there they're on a really good run at the moment. Um, the best one since they've been in the EFL. They had to ride a fair bit of pressure yesterday uh, to take the points. And yeah, Jack Muldoon scoring in injury time. I just briefly want to touch on um, Goodman again. His mistake, it wasn't great, was it really? The the shot from... I can't remember who took the shot to... Muldoon pounced on it. Um, Daly. It was Matt, Matt Daly. Daly. Uh, Matty yeah, Daly's, yeah. yeah. Matty Daly. Um, yeah, and that's his second mistake in a week after his... Uh, after his one last week against Forest Green, when Thompson scored, um, but yeah, I would I would love Harrogate to make the playoffs this season. Um, I wrote a piece up on Simon Weaver um, at the back end of of this week, um, previewing the game at the weekend, and it is it is one of the stories of the season. Uh, whether they do or not is a completely different question. We've all said about how many teams there are uh, in and around that have a real chance of getting the playoffs this season, but I don't think many will be rooting. Uh, sorry, I don't think... I'm trying to get my words right there. Um, <laughs> basically, loads of people will be rooting for Harrogate to make the playoffs this season. Well, I've, I've got to say, uh, not me, because I, I want Gillingham to make the playoffs, <laughs> but, you know, obviously, League 2 fan, League 1 fans, you know. But <laughs> Lo- Loads of neutrals. 
Loads of neutrals. Yeah, I mean, I've lots of neutrals in this EFL chat. Uh, but look, um, one thing I've got to say with Colchester, I've noticed in the last few games is they do kind of have this, you know, never say die attitude. I mean, I, I had to check this because they were playing away from home, yet they had 25 shots. You know, the, yeah, the, the Danny Cowley right. effect does kind of seem to be taking effect. It, obviously, they're just not flying in the back of the net at the moment, but they are starting to become what I call a Danny Cowley team, aren't they? The, this is it, Matt. Um, and I, I'm sure Kyle will, will very much agree with me. One of the biggest things that Danny Cowley will bring to any football club that he goes into is turning the players into mentality monsters. What I mean by that is he'll be able to turn players who whose ability maybe isn't top of the league ability, but still be able to have them have that fight, that passion, that desire. And you know what? When you're in League Two, that's what gets you over the line. And now I'm not saying for the record that any of the Colchester players aren't good enough to be playing higher up in the, the league. Now, obviously, spoke about the goalkeeper and a couple of unfortunate errors, but and and I know I, I'm gonna, I could very easily get drawn into doing this every week as a Lincoln fan, but I do just want to pick up on a couple of players. First of all, Alistair Smith. Alistair Smith has been absolutely fantastic since going into Colchester United on loan. I think it was a real shrewd pickup from Danny Cowley, and obviously. I think it was, was quite smart from Lincoln to be able to get him out there, get him regular minutes and kind of being thrust into the spotlight a little bit because he is getting that consistent man of the match awards in, in those games, sort of from online rating systems. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I normally ignore them. But when you look at some of his uh, underlying stats, he's done a really, really good sort of second half of the season so far with Colchester. You know, and also this was... Lincoln B versus former Lincoln in Jack Muldoon, obviously scoring that late winner. And he's having a fantastic season for Harrogate. Now, look, I, I am going to say, I don't think Harrogate Town are going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season. I'll, I'll say it on here right now. If it does happen, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say, do you know what? Fair play to them and good on them. But I just think we spoke a few weeks back about how close this division was and, you know, still is to a point where a good run can suddenly propel you into a league position that's maybe higher than what your season overall would suggest. Now, Harrogate are on a fantastic run. They've only lost once in the league since match week 19 back at the end of uh, November. Um, and obviously that loss coming at home to Tranmere Rovers on the 29th of December. They are on an absolutely incredible run. They're not just picking up draws either. They're picking up a lot of wins. Like, you know, they've won four out of their last five matches. Sure, this is absolutely incredible. But coming into crunch time towards the end of the season when they've got some tough, tough games coming up, away to Mansfield in midweek, then away to Crew next Saturday. Okay, yes, then maybe at home to Walsall and Newport and away to Swindon and at home to Crawley, where maybe you'd expect them to do a little bit better. But then again, they've got back-to-back away trips to Wrexham and Barrow. I'm just starting to... like. I, I would like Harrogate to do it, as I think a lot of people would. As we've said, it's kind of that underdog story. And there's always one. There's always one in in any division that sneaks into the playoffs that maybe you don't expect at the start of the season and wouldn't have been in anybody's predictions. 
I just don't really see that being Harrogate this year. I really don't. I think they're going to struggle when it comes to that crunch time. Um, but obviously, time will very much tell. Yes, time will tell indeed. Uh, after that game, uh, obviously finished 1-0 to Harrogate. Uh, they sit in 7th and Colchester are in 22nd. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. And this was Wrexham versus Bradford. And in the 89th minute, Andy Cook scored the winning goal for Bradford City against promotion chasing Wrexham. Cook capitalised on the rebound after his initial shot was saved shortly after he had been denied by Wrexham's goalkeeper from the penalty spot. This victory marked the first win for Bradford City since December, while Phil Parkinson's Wrexham dropped to fifth in League Two. Despite dominating the first half, Wrexham were unable to find the back of the net at the Stockcast Stadium for the first time since November 2021. Ryan Barnett posed a significant threat for Wrexham on the right-hand side, but missed opportunities as and well-saved headers from Stephen Fletcher hindered their attempts. Bradford's goalkeeper Sam Walker made crucial saves to deny long-range efforts from Barnett and James McLean. Bradford, known for drawing matches under Graham Alexander, seemed destined for another draw before Cook secured the win by scoring his 12th goal of the season against Bentoza and Arthur Akuru. This critical, sorry, critical victory earned three points for Parkinson's old club. And guys, uh, I really do think Wrexham have been found out. Um, I know, I know they're still winning games, but I think I think teams are starting to find them out. Well, you say they're still winning games. That's three losses in the league on the bounce now. That is not good enough for a team with uh, automatic promotion aspirations. I don't I don't get me wrong, and I'll go into why, but I do definitely think they can turn it around. But this is a little bit poor from them, isn't it? And I know what you mean. They've very much kind of had a bit of a one-dimensional play style so far this season and you know so far really over the last couple of seasons under Phil Parkinson and like you say some teams are starting to work that out whether teams are going to have the consistent quality over Wrexham to to you know make sure that they're constantly losing games I'm not necessarily sure you know when you bear in mind for example in midweek they're away at Sutton even if the Sutton manager gets his tactics perfectly right are the team going to have the ability to you know, beat a sh- very strong Wrexham side on paper when you are still looking at it, but you know, you, you look a little bit later th- than that, and you've got sort of a home game to Notts County, an away game to MK Dons, and away game to Jit. Oh, never mind, no, they'll lose, they'll they'll beat you. Uh, um, but you know, <laughs> but, but those but those couple of, those couple of games, like they, I, I'm struggling at the minute to see them being able to pick up points in them, um, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one with that, but. I also just want to pick up on Bradford. It was a very sort of Bradford result and performance, as I think was uh, mentioned in our group chat yesterday. And that's that's very, very true. But they did manage to get the win late on. That probably means that it's now a 0% chance that they're going down, Matt, to uh, sort of answer your question from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, look, Bradford under Graham Alexander, I think they can improve from where they are. I definitely do. 
But we've spoken at length before about Bradford City and what they need to do. And it's a lot more than just a change of manager and a change of players on the pitch. They need a, a full kind of reshuffle from the top down uh, at that football club. Absolutely. But, you know, on, on the, very much on the flip side of that, I don't think they're actually too far off. I think Graham Alexander is a good fit for that club. I, I was very, very critical of Graham Alexander earlier in the season, obviously during his time at MK Dons. But that was less about him as a manager, more about the fact it didn't suit MK Dons and it wasn't exactly a match made in heaven. But Bradford, I think it very much could be. And they're starting to show it now. Yeah, they've they've kind of uh, kind of become a bit of draw specialists in the last few weeks. Underground Alexander, as I said earlier, and um, you know, obviously, it's a start. It's a start for their revival, isn't it? Turning these losses into draws is a great start. But then yesterday, t- turning their draws into three points is going to be a massive confidence boost for them. And could this potentially? Obviously, not you know, not get them promoted this year, but really help them if they stick with Graham Alexander next year going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you say I don't want to overreact and say that obviously they've got they've had a really good result yesterday. They are only seven points off the pass. There are a hell of a lot of clubs above them, and I don't think there's any chance of getting the playoffs. But they have they have now uh, bridged that gap between themselves and the bottom two. So yeah, there's the building blocks certainly there for him. Uh, I was particularly pleased for Andy Cook yesterday. He's He was never going to live up to the same uh, or same standards that he set himself last season. Um, but he had a real battle with uh, Oconquo uh, yesterday in the Wrexham goal. And at the third time of asking, he just about managed to score and get the three points for him. And as much as Wrexham have struggled in recent weeks, that is no mean feat going there as we as, as you've mentioned about their Wrexham's run at home, that was the first time in 52 games, I believe, they didn't score at home, which is an absolutely ridiculous record. Um, they still, Wrexham still have a couple of games in hand. I think they're only a point or two off the automatic promotion places. So the season's by no means uh, derailed yet. But with the games coming up, as we've already mentioned, Sutton, Potentially awkward in midweek. They then host Notts County at the weekend. They they should they should win them two games and should get back on track. But they they may just be starting to look over their shoulder a bit now. MK Dons are, are closing in, um, and as we say, the the sides outside the playoffs. The gaps the gaps getting smaller for them. But yeah, they've got a very important February now to that may or may not break their season. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a very important February. And um, I've, I've read some of the stuff that was going on on X last night on the uh, Wrexham page. And, you know, it's just quite stupid. You've got a few of the older uh, Wrexham guys calling for Phil Parkinson said that, no, you you don't do that yet. It's too early. You've still got those two games in hand. And look, as much as I jest and, you know, obviously joke that Wrexham aren't going to go up this year, they probably are. They have got such a strong squad. Uh, there is, you know, there's more likelihood of me, you know, spontaneously combusting than than Wrexham at least not making the playoffs this year. But look, after that game, Wrexham are in fifth and Bradford are in 14th. On to our next game. This was Forest Green versus Mansfield. And Mansfield Town solidified their position in the automatic promotion races with a commanding 4-0 victory over a struggling Forest Green side. 
Ollie Clark scored twice, while Tom Nichols and Will Swan also found the back of the net, propelling the Stags to a resounding win despite a spirited first-half performance by Steve Cottrell's Rovers. Mansfield took the lead in the 11th minute when Aidan Flint headed the ball into the path of Clark, who struck a powerful shot into the bottom corner from the edge of the area. Although the visitors almost capitalised on a defensive error for a second goal, Luke Daniels denied both Clark and Swan. Nichols extended the lead in the 69th minute, cutting inside before unleashing a well-placed shot into the far corner after receiving a pass from Swan. Swan then added a third goal in the 78th minute, converting Lucas Aitken's low cross from close range with a precise right-footed finish at the near post. Clark sealed the victory with a superb right-footed strike into the top corner, completing the 4-0 route for Mansfield Town. And look, I've said it right there. It was a route by Mansfield. I mean, yes, uh, you know, they Forest Green did put up a bit of a fight in that first half, but Mansfield Town just, they sh they came out of second gear in that second half, went up into fourth gear and Forest Green had no answers, did they? No, I think the game um, the game really turned on the injury to uh, Forest Green's keeper, Daniels, uh, midway through the second half and, I think five minutes after that, Tom Nichols put um, Mansfield two up. Um, Forest Green by no means were, were poor yesterday. Look, we're looking at a really good uh, Mansfield side at the moment. They're the second in the league. They've got a real chance of, of finally getting promoted at about the 50th time of asking. They may they may finally do it this year. Um, but yeah, as I said, the game the game kind of. Um, changed on that on that one moment. Um, two goals were two of the goals. Sorry, were fairly late. Um, they're just going to be really hard to to beat this season. And we've we've seen for Forest Green in recent weeks. They really are struggling. I can't see them surviving. Um, they've not got the same sort of spirit that that we've seen from Sutton. Uh, they really they really are struggling at the moment. But yeah, really big win for Mansfield, and it keeps them close to the top. I've got to say, I am definitely seeing a different Forest Green, though, under Steve Cottrell. But, yeah, just, I mean, they've had a bit of a torrid uh, run of games, haven't they, Charlie? And, obviously, Mansfield yesterday were just such a strong team. But, look, are, are we are we dropping the axe now with Forest Green and, and basically saying that they, they are National League bound? Well, you've said you can see a different... Forest Green side under Steve Cockrell, and I think that's fair. But I guess the question is, different or better? We've used the word different there. Now, don't get me wrong, I think there have been some improvements under Steve Cockrell. It was always going to go that way, of course it was. But I'm struggling to really see enough to, to see them have any chance of, of staying up. Let's, let's be totally honest here. Um, I think Forest Green, for me, and I'll say it in just a nice, simple, clippable sentence, if it ends up going totally uh, totally wrong, they're down. They're going to be a National League side next season. And then I think if that does happen, for me, Steve Cottrell doesn't stay there. I don't see him managing them in the National League uh, because I'd struggle to see them being able to bounce straight back. I really do. Uh, obviously, they brought in Richard Keogh in, uh, well, in, in the week. But he couldn't really help them too much in terms of some of their defensive frailties again, like like other teams. And it just seems 
when you're at the bottom of League Two, when you're watching teams at the bottom of League Two, you're expecting to see a real scrappy fight. Maybe a poor game of football, sure, because that's sometimes what it can be. But it's a real kind of bodies on the line. We're going to scrap for every point that we can get. And, and, you know, sometimes teams will come up short. That's what you expect to see. I'm just not seeing that from Forest Green. I've seen them trying to play their system. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then they don't seem to have any kind of passion, desire, the basics that we talk about teams near the bottom in any relegation fight needing, like I say, in terms of putting your body on the line, making sure the ball doesn't go into the back of the net. And it sounds so simple to say, and I understand it's so much easier to say than execute. But Mansfield, yes, okay, Mansfield were good yesterday, don't get me wrong, but they only had an XG of 0.9. They were expected to not even score a singular goal in yesterday's match. Now, you can say what you want about XG. I I understand that it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But if you look at some of the other stats, Forest Green had more shots than them. Okay, Mansfield had more shots on target, sure. But again, what what I'm saying is, is that Forest Green did have opportunities, and that's absolutely great in terms of what they can have going forward, that they can get something out of their result. But when you're having that many opportunities, you've got to be able to put one or two away when you're that low down in the division. Because if you're not scoring when you're having that many opportunities, that's a massive danger in terms of your league position come the end of the season. And then if you're conceding four goals off the back of an XG of 0.9, Look, it may you may look at that on the one hand and say, oh, well, that looks great. You know, it looks like we're, we were just unlucky in this game. We'll be able to pick up over the next few. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing it as Forest Green personally going down, probably staying down and struggling to really get anything out of many more games come the end of the season. Yeah, it kind of all seemed to get go wrong for them in the summer when sort of, you know, after Duncan Ferguson went, then uh, was it David Horseman came in, then Troy Deeney, now we're on obviously Steve Cottrell, which it's been a bit of a, a, a turbulent uh, sort of a real season for them, hasn't it? And it's just such a such a shame to to see, obviously, after they uh, you know, managed to get up into League One, uh, obviously, the previous uh, year and... Obviously, after, though, that loss for Forest Green yesterday, that leaves them sitting in 24th. Mansfield are in second. Guys, time to go and have a break. Uh, We'll see you in five. It's time to start planning your next holiday adventure. Whether you're traveling to Germany for the Euros or taking your partner or kids in a much-needed break to the Balearic Islands, downloading NordVPN is a must. NordVPN allows you to watch all sporting events, TV shows and films which are not available in your region by switching your location in just a click to one which is showing the content. So if you're away with the family and don't want to miss any of the action from your favourite EFL team, then NordVPN is the service for you. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online by protecting your personal data and other sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands for just the price of one cup of coffee per month and can be used across six, yes, six different devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash reallyfl. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So a massive thank you to NordVPN for supporting this podcast, and you can too by going to nordvpn.com forward slash reallyfl to get a discount. The link is in the description. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your cup of tea and let's move straight on to our next game. This was Crew versus Crawley and Crew Alexandra in pursuit of promotion secured a much needed victory as they narrowly defeated Crawley with a Rio Adabesi contributing the decisive goal in the second half. After a closely contested first half, the home team intensified their efforts following the break and wing-back Adabesi broke the deadlock just after the 16-minute mark. This crucial goal propelled Lee Bell's side to their first win in three games and propelled them up into the League 2 automatic promotion places. Crawley had their moments with Liam Kelly's free kick early on and Adam Campbell's attempt attempt kept out by goalkeeper Harvey Davies. However, it was Crewe who came closest to scoring in the first half, with Elliot Nevitt hitting the post and failing to connect with Aaron Rose Cross just before the half-time whistle. In the second half, Adebesi narrowly missed the header before making no mistake as he converted Connor Thomas's cross from the right to give Crewe the lead in the 61st minute. Although Thomas came close to scoring with a header, Crew managed to hold on for the victory despite a late, powerful strike from Crawley's Ronan Darcy. Uh, this win was vital for uh, Crew as they continue their quest for promotion out of League Two. Uh, guys, as I mentioned it earlier, first winning three for Crew. Crawley didn't make it easy for them, did they? No, they really didn't actually. Um, I, do, do you know what? With with crew, I I'm consistently shocked, and I know I shouldn't be because I look at this league table all the time. But I'm consistently shocked that they're still up in third place. And for the record, that's not at all a slight on crew because I think they've done absolutely fantastic this season. But when you kind of think about some of the teams that have performed well you know, uh, over the course of this year, you kind of forget about crew and they're not normally mentioned uh, enough considering where they are, but I think they've been absolutely fantastic. And yesterday showed that what they're able to do is they're able to pick up results, even when the game isn't necessarily there for the taking those, those surprise victories. And that's exactly what you need. They're able to beat teams up and down the division. Now, Crawley on the like flip side, that is their third loss in a row. A little bit disappointing. You know, whenever we talk about Crawley, we're constantly harping back to that start of the season where they looked like they were maybe going to overachieve over the course of the year. Didn't hasn't necessarily worked out like that, but it's not like they've been terrible. They're still solidly mid-table. You know, they are nine point, uh, sorry, eight points off the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, they're not going to get to the playoffs, but they are still within touch and distance. They're comfortable above sort of the relegation zone. I mean, 17 points above the relegation zone. So I'm sure for Matt, that's like a 30% chance of relegation, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I think this was a real good victory for Crew. They were able to show, again, that they're just able to win those games, not comfortably, but still solidly against the team that tried to bring something to them. So huge props to Crew. Yeah, and look, I've got to say in Crawley's defence here, look, they still have two games uh, in hand over most of the teams, sort of in and around them. You know, to, obviously, I know you said they're eight points off, two games, six points, only puts them two points off. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, but Crawley uh, yesterday, 
look, as I said, I think they made it life quite difficult for crew. Right? Um, I think that if I'm you know, if I'm not mistaken, they literally only restricted them to that one shot on target, which was uh, which was the goal that Abes uh, uh, so Adabesi scored. Um, I mean, Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a, hopefully a, a nice difficult question for you because I'm gonna want you to put some money on this. Here you go. Oh, here we go. God, are Crew going up automatically this year, or are they going up via the playoffs? I'm gonna say playoffs. I'm. Do you know what? I agree with Charlie. When I was um, when I was doing my prep earlier, I was sat. Um, looking at the table, going for the games, and I sat there and thought, I can't remember many people mentioning crew. They just they go so under the radar. They just we never, I think we never seem to give them props. No one seems to give them props for what they've done this season. They're a really good outfit, and yeah, they found they found a way to win yesterday when they weren't at their best. You are right; they had one shot on target, and that one chance needed a few uh, a few ricochets before it fell to a uh, Adebesi in the area. They are. They are where they are at the moment because they are so good. They they're a really good side. Whether whether they will go up automatically, different question. They've got a really tough few games to end the month. They go to Stockport on Tuesday night, which is easily the game of the day in League Two, and then they are at home to Harrogate. So there are two massive games there. I think the other game of the month is against Notts County. So it's three of the top ten to come uh, before February is out. They've just They've got to keep doing what they're doing, uh, keep going under the radar. And if they do, then I think a few people might be surprised to see them in the in the top three at the end of the season. Yeah, they are quietly plugging away, aren't they? And uh, kind of, you know, as I said, you, you mentioned it earlier, we, we, it, they are coming in under the radar. And this is why I think, actually, that I, I kind of had a bit of a, you know, sort of a joke probably earlier on in the season when I said that, you know, crew were probably going to go up. Uh, automatically this year but actually the more they keep picking up these wins and when they're not playing well getting these three points the more I think actually I think automatics could be Crew's way out of this league but look after that one new win for Crew yesterday they currently sit in third and Crawley are in 15th let's move on to our next game MK Dons versus Accrington and MK Dons secured a thrilling 2-1 comeback victory over Accrington thanks to Joe Tomlinson's stoppage time winner in a tense League 2 encounter. Accrington initially took the lead through their top scorer Jack Nolan who notched his 10th goal of the season with a well-placed shot past Dons keeper Philip Marshall. However, Jack Payne's superb free kick in the second half brought MK Don's level. In the dying moments of the game, Joe Tomlinson sealed the win for the home team with a sensational strike, sending the home fans into a frenzy. And despite an earlier disallowed goal by Dan Kemp, MK Dons continued to press forward with Payne's expertly taken free kick, sparking a series of chances for the hosts. Substitute Ellis Harrison also tested Accrington's goalkeeper before Thompson's decisive effort secured the dramatic comeback victory for the Dons. And we've said it last week, guys, and we've said it a few weeks previously, but MK Dons, I mean, in terms of form table since Mike Williamson's taken over, they are the, the informed team, aren't they? Well, on, I, uh, I, I obviously called... 
a couple of weeks ago, and I and I made the, and I made the big shout, not quite as controversial as the ones that you made that week. To be fair, so it sort of overshadowed that. Uh, but I kind of made the big call that MK Dons are going to win the title. Now I was a little bit worried because at half time, or well, not half time, but you know, a little bit into the game on um, Saturday, a little bit worried that they'd uh, heard me and decided to make me look like an absolute. Well, we'll say fool. There are a few other words that I could probably put in there. Because obviously, they lost last weekend away at Barrow. But this victory against M- uh, against MK Dons? No, sorry. This victory against Hackington Stanley kind of just shows that they are able to bounce back. And it's happened a couple of times under Mike Williamson where they've picked up a loss. But I'm not let it bother them. They've been able then to come back out swinging. And even when they were down 1-0 in this game still able to get the result. They've not had back-to-back losses under Mike Williamson yet, and this is what I mean about their consistent ability to come back in games. And maybe they've been, you know, maybe not even the best side in the match, but that's never mattered. They've still been able to get the, the results. And obviously, like you've said, that form table is pretty darn impressive for them. And I also just want to talk about that free kick. Now, if you've not seen any of the alternative angles, there's a there's a fan uh, video from behind the goal. Absolutely incredible. Uh, it was a really good free kick. Full props to Jack Payne on that one. But like I say, overall, MK Dons, good value for the victory. Accurate Stanley can certainly be a little bit disappointed though, not just for the not just for losing, but also the manner in which they took that loss. Yeah, I'm just going to pick up on um, Atkinson briefly. Um, I thought they were really disappointing last week against them. They probably uh, they took a point, but probably deserved to get beat. Um, they're you'd probably have to say they're out of the playoff race now. I know it's very early to say that. I mean, they've got 16 games to go, but they dropped to 13th now. There's, there's I think you're at a point where there's too many teams above above them. Um, Matt, you said a minute ago about um, whether I think Crew would go up automatically or not. I'm going to back MK Dons to take that third place um, and go up automatically. I'm not going to go quite as far as Charlie and say they're going to lose the title, but um, yeah, <laughs> but they are—they were excellent yesterday. Them two, both the goals. To be fair, as Charlie touched on the free kick, ridiculous. It was an unbelievable strike, and even the the winner was a, a really good effort. Um, they they were absolutely dominant yesterday. Looking at sixty-seven percent of the ball, thirteen shots. Uh, they restricted Atkinson twenty-one on target, and they were probably at a point before where you'd say, "Oh, they were in the playoff mix." Um, they may be looking over their shoulders. I think they're looking the other way now. They're only three points behind Crew, and they've got a game in hand on them. So they are my pick now for automatic promotion with the sides above them, as we've mentioned about Rexon slightly faltering at the moment. Barrow have been on a little bit of a uh, not a poor run, but they've, they've dropped a few more points than they have on other points in the season. And we said that crew going under the radar, but I think MK Dons are going to nick that last promotion spot. It's a bold, bold call, my friend. <laughs> but then obviously uh, me saying that Jorge Cotardo for, for Gillingham is going to be the Ballon d'Or winner, future Ballon d'Or winner, is also a bold, bold call. <laughs> But look, yeah, after I'm, I'm that... To your call, so I will, yeah. I will say that is not outrageous what I've just said. 
what I will say is if you're a betting person, please don't take any of my advice <laughs> because it probably will never happen. Uh, but look, after that game yesterday, MK Dons are in six. Accrington are in 13. On to our next game. This is Walsall versus Newport. And in a in this League Two match, Newport County secured the three, uh, sorry, a three-nil win against Walsall at the Bescott Stadium. Ryan Morris opened the scoring for Newport County after just four minutes, followed by Will Evans doubling the lead at the 15-minute mark. An early replacement for the injured Aaron Wildig, Henry Charsley headed in a third goal for Newport before half-time. Walsall were left stunned by the quick succession of goals. The match concluded with Walsall's Owen Evans receiving a late dismissal, furthering their disappointment. Uh, this victory marked Newport County's fourth straight league win in League Two, positioning them to within three points of the league's playoffs after impressive resurgence in 2024. On the other hand, Walsall's defeat leaves them in 15th place in the two, the, the two standings, now trailing Newport County by five points. Guys, look, I, I was uh, obviously fortunate enough to see Walsall play the other week against Gillingham. Um, I watched their extended highlights yesterday and that first you know, half, they just didn't turn up. Yeah, I think I think they've really struggled since. Um, obviously, losing the goals of, of Freddie Draper, we have to say it, that's massively impacted them. But just let's let's take a look at Newport for a minute. They were excellent yesterday. They really they went there. They asserted the dominance to go one nil up after four minutes. You you put you put your opposition on the back foot. That second goal as well by Evans, um, pressing high up the pitch, nicked the ball, and it was an excellent finish from a really tight angle as well. And even the third, it just it completely killed the game. And they were they were good value for for the win yesterday. They were they were never really going to come back into it, Warsaw after after being three down so early. Um, Owen Evans had a had a difficult afternoon, uh, compounded by his red card. He was unlucky, to be fair, for the first. It was a deflection that that took it past him. But we've we've spoken about. Um, the clubs outside the playoffs at the moment. You've got Wimbledon in good form and Newport are another. They're they're closing in on the playoffs. As you said, four wins in a row. They've been excellent um in the last few weeks. And beating Warsaw at home was was no mean feat. Um I think that was their first time loss in four months. They'd only conceded ten at home yesterday, so it really mag magnifies uh, Newport's Newport's excellence yesterday and who knows where they'll finish. Who 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 does know? Indeed, I mean, Charlie, do you want to have a guess? Well, I I don't know. I think Newport are on fantastic run of form, as you've said. But you know, and I'm kind of going to sort of repeat myself, if you like, a little bit on uh, what I was saying with Harrogate Town, with the sense that just putting together one good run can very easily elevate your position in this league, and that's just because of how close it is from, you know, the sort of 7th and 8th positions all the way down to the sort of 16th and 17th. We spoke earlier on, for example, about Bradford being only seven points away from the playoffs or, or whatever it was at the time. Now, it's a weird one. I'm going to pick up on Walsall as well, because Walsall, for me, now, obviously, yes, they have lost Freddie Draper. 
and it is something that we could very easily pick up on. But one thing I want to mention is actually their sort of their tactical shape. Because at the start of the season, they started playing a sort of three, five at the back. So, you know, personally, I call it a three, some people call it a five, but they started with a three at the back formation. And it, you know, had mixed results for them. There's no denying that. Then they switched to a four at the back and they maybe had slightly better results in terms of points per game. Then they've switched back to the three at the back, and that switch back massively helped them. Now, if we include a win against Alfreton in the um, in the FA Cup, when that match finally was able to be played, may I add, they picked up five wins out of their first six games back with their three at the back formation. Fantastic, you know, brilliant. The change of systems work. That's where Matt Sadler has earned his money. Fantastic, but. Then I think they've potentially started to be found out again. Only picking up two points over their last four games simply isn't good enough. And don't get me wrong, they've not had easy matches, though. This is the thing. Away at Stockport, you can very much excuse losing away at Stockport, like I said, especially after losing their sort of key frontman, Freddie Draper. But one old draw at home to Sutton, a little bit disappointing, um, considering sort of the league position when you're looking on paper. But we've already spoken about the Sutton, you know, they were on a bit of a run, especially at that point, and they were able to grind out results um, in, in games like that by sort of showing that fighting desire that we were talking about Forest Green lacked. So one or draw there, reasonable enough. One or draw away at Gillingham, you know, I mean, obviously they should be winning that. Every team should be winning there. Uh, but, and then obviously this game. This game for me, I think it's less actually about Walsall being disappointing. don't really think Walsall fans need to read too much into this. It's more about Newport being on a really good run. I think Newport will finish comfortably mid-table this season, probably slightly higher than Walsall. I think Walsall will kind of trudge along to finish off the season. They're not in any danger from down below. They'll kind of finish in that sort of mid-pack. A good run towards the end could see them climb a little bit higher up to kind of 10th or 11th. But, you know, I'd probably expect to sort of be finishing between sort of 12th and, and 16th. Newport, I think that, you know, they are on a really good run. I do see them finishing in those kind of ninth to 12th kind of range. I can't see them getting into the top seven. I really can't. Again, as I, as I sort of mentioned with, for example, Notts County, there are just too many teams that are better than them. Um, and I don't mean that as a slight to Newport because I think what they've done, especially to kind of climb themselves up from the lower echelons of the table where they found themselves earlier in the season is commendable. I just don't quite think it's going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got, uh, we said not earlier, Notts County coming up next. They've got Gillingham the week after. You know, they currently sit in 11th in the league and, it, you know, two teams that are literally directly above them. So if Newport want to have aspirations of trying to reach the playoffs, they are two games that they could really do with picking up six points from. But yes, after that game, Newport are in 11th and Walsall are in 16th. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. This is Swindon versus Salford. And Salford City continued their unbeaten streak under new manager Carl Robinson by securing a hard-fought 1-1 draw against Swindon with a stoppage time equaliser. Early in the game, Salford had a promising opportunity as Luke Gerber delivered a cross that found Matt Smith, but his headed effort narrowly missed the target. Swindon also came close to taking the lead as Zach Elabusi's cross led to a remarkable save by Salford goalkeeper Alex Cairns, denying Paul Glatt's subsequent attempt. 
Swindon's fortunes took a turn as Glatzel's shot deflected off Cairns with a cleared shot off the line by, Salford to, by the Salford defender. However, substitute Charlie Austin set up George McEntridge as a try that again, who skillfully finished from close range to give Swindon the lead. In the dying moments of the game, Callum Hendry capitalised on a close-range opportunity, firing the ball into the net to secure a crucial point for Salford. Uh, apart from the fact I always butcher names, uh, I actually think uh, I've got to say that Salford, under Carl Robinson, what a team they've become in the last few weeks. Uh, un unbeaten since he's uh, he's obviously been in charge. Um, yeah, he's really turned that Salford team around, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. And um, we, we, we spoke at length, actually, uh, one week, I remember, where we kind of did a... We didn't mean to, but we sort of did a little mini Salford special halfway through because we were talking about what the club needed. And I'll be honest, at the time, I didn't necessarily think it was a major managerial issue. But again, similar to Bradford, I just felt that they maybe needed a, a little bit of a rethink in terms of the whole hierarchy and how they're sort of planning for the seasons ahead. Obviously, when the money came in and they were in the lower leagues... Simply, you know, buying some of the better players and such some of the more experienced pros can help them get up the leagues, absolutely. In League Two, it's not going to be as easy. And I think they very much found that out over the last few seasons. But definitely think that Carl Robinson coming in has been outstanding and very much got them firing on all cylinders. I think he's got a team that actually very much suits him, especially when you look, for example, at Matt Smith up front. He's a proper Carl Robinson striker, isn't he? So I, I definitely do think that they've got a good a good team there that can definitely do some damage in this league, but they're definitely going to need to obviously improve in the summer. Their unbeaten run, as you said, it is extended, and that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're not even going to discuss whether or not they're getting playoffs because that is definitely not happening. But they're going to be comfortably above the sort of bottom two coming into the season. Uh, obviously, they'd, they'd like to have aimed higher, but some of their precarious positions at certain points during this term, they're, they're going to be happy enough, I'm sure, with a solid mid-table finish, which is where it looks like they are heading. Uh, obviously, we've spoken at length about Matt Smith and how strong he has been. But they've also got some other really strong players. I mean, obviously, Hendry picking up that 92nd minute equaliser is huge. But just to kind of very quickly turn it on to Swindon. <sighs> Swindon, Swindon, Swindon. Now, it could be very easy to, to kind of go in on the club, as you know, I know many do on social media. And I think sometimes quite unfairly. There are obviously issues within that football club, as, as everybody knows. But I actually think they've got a squad that should be performing a lot better than what they are. And I think that's something that uh, Swindon fans obviously know. You know, they're not oblivious to that. They're able to score plenty. You know, they're, they're goal scoring. And obviously, yes, a lot of that was down to Dan Kemp and uh, Jay Young. Let's not pretend like it wasn't. But their goal scoring has been really strong. But defensively, absolutely awful. And we've spoken about Notts County being that poor and they're on the same amount of goals conceded as Swindon and also Forest Green Rovers. It's simply not good enough and you can't go ahead and get into the upper echelons of the table with a goal conceded record such as that. They know where they need to improve. They certainly do need to improve. They also need to make sure they capitalise when they are when they are the better side in games. Like yesterday, for example, 25 shots, seven of those on target. 10 corners, 55% possession. 
all of those stats better than Salford. They need to be capitalising on that and picking up the three points a lot more often than just simply getting a singular point, which happens quite a lot this season for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, both I think Salford will be the happier of the two, so they'll be a little bit disappointed, but at least it isn't a back-to-back loss. Yeah, I've got to echo what you said. I definitely feel like um, they're missing, you know, Jake Young and Dan Kemp there. And obviously they've gone back to their parent clubs and have started doing the business at their parent clubs. And it's a shame because obviously Swindon are now starting to sort of definitely sort of uh, fade out of this, uh, into obscurity at the moment in, in this league. Although saying that, we've got them, uh, Gillingham have got them on Tuesday night, so they'll probably pick up three points against us, knowing, knowing my luck. Um <laughs> But Carl, I've got to ask you about Salford City here. And as Charlie mentioned a few weeks ago, we had a sort of a bit of a chat about Salford City, saying that the basically it does need a whole change. And obviously, since Carl Robinson's come in, and he's started to to really sort of get his stamp mark on that squad. So obviously, this season's a no go. But but do you think you know, giving him the right backing in the summer, he could potentially make this Salford team a promotion chasing Salford team next year? Yeah, yeah, certainly with the backing, and you know the chances are that it probably will be backed in the summer. So there's there's certainly something to build on there. Um, yeah, I I don't see no reason why they can't can't be uh, challenging for the playoffs next season. You're going to have a hell of a lot of clubs next season, in all honesty, that will be in that sort of situation, uh, given how tight the league is currently. But yeah, I I, I can't see any reason why why they won't be uh, that sort of area. It, it does massively depend on the summer. Um, they really do need a, a window to sort themselves out and sort of push on at least into the top half. Um, just to touch on Swindon briefly, I thought they were miles better yesterday than, than they have been in the last couple of weeks. As Charlie touched on, 25 shots. And yet, they still walk away from that disappointed because if, <laughs> if you have 25 shots in a game, you're expecting to win. When you have almost double your opposition, the same as on shots on target, You've got to find a way to win. They had plenty of chances. They were unlucky in parts, but they're obviously going to be missing the the lone players that have been mentioned. But they've just got to start, just got to start picking up wins again. And I think we mentioned last week about them and Bradford and the whole everything, the ownership off the pitch. And now there were no, there were no real um, danger of going down, but they just. They do need to start scoring goals again. Their season, realistically, is going to peter out. There's not much left for Swindon this season. As I said, they're not going to go down. There's no way they'll be getting the playoffs. If Salford won't, there's obviously no way that they will. Um, it's just... I'm not, I'm not even going to say damage limitations because, as I said, they're not going to go down. But they have a big summer as well ahead. Um, but, yeah. I'm I'm quite confident for Salford next season. Well, obviously, after that thrilling 1-1 draw yesterday, Swindon are in 17th. Salford are in 19th. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. This was Doncaster versus Tranmere. And Doncaster secured a crucial 2-1 victory over Tranmere, easing their worries of relegation and claiming their first win since New Year's Day. Goals from Joe Ironside and Hakib Adelakun helped Doncaster create the gap between themselves and the bottom two teams in the division, following a challenging spell of one win in 10 matches. 
Tranmere, who have won just one of their last five League Two games, equalised through Josh Hawks. Doncaster took an early lead as Ironside headed in a cross from Adelacoon after 15 minutes. Tranmere pressed for an equaliser with Regan Hendry coming close to a shot, narrowly missing the target. And Doncaster's goalkeeper uh, making a crucial save from Connor Jennings. Tranmere began the second half strong, finding the equaliser through substitute Hawks, who's curled a shot into the far corner. However, Doncaster regained the lead five minutes later when Adelican capitalised on a lofted pass from Owen Bailey, evaded the goalkeeper and calmly slotted the ball into the net. Guys, uh, yesterday's game, I mean, first off, Hakidim Adelakun, I know him. I can know how I can pronounce his name because he used to play for Gillingham. So that's always a great shout. Uh, but <laughs> I've got to say yesterday, um, I actually thought Doncaster, you know, look, not not one since, you know, was it New Year's Day? But I actually thought they were, were, were valued for the win yesterday. I thought they played really well in that, especially in that second half. Yeah, they, they, uh, they very much were, actually. And I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to pick up, first of all, on Tranmere. Now, we had a conversation, again, on this podcast, and I'm sort of constantly bouncing back because I think it's very easy when you're doing something like this and, and sort of talking about a league such as League Two to kind of fall into the trap of being reactive. And it's something that, obviously, we try our hardest not to do. And we were talking on the podcast the other week about Nigel Adkins at, at Tranmere and whether or not he potentially is worthy of a manager of the season shout. And I said no at the time because although they were on a good run, yes, I thought that people were maybe ignoring the time that he spent when he was still interim manager, which was quite frankly still very, very poor. Um, and, you know, it's starting to sort of bear the fruits of that labour in terms of they're not doing very well at the minute on win in their last five as you've mentioned and Doncaster aren't exactly a side that you would expect to sort of overcome a Tranmere side so easily but they did yesterday and then to kind of like I say flip that on to Doncaster they're a side that I've been really disappointed with this season I expected so much better from them when you look at their team on paper it's unbelievably impressive Grant McCann in charge as well. You know, he's got great pedigree at this level and levels above. It's just really disappointing that they've not been able to, to do more over the course of the whole season. We've spoken about their sort of lack of consistency and the fact they're just not able to get a run of games together. This victory is fantastic for them. I struggle to really see them being able to sort of back that up with back-to-back -back or, or, or two or three victories now because that's sort of the way their season's going. So I'm not going to get sort of too reactive with them. However... On the flip side of that, for me, that victory keeps Doncaster Rovers up. It confirms that they are secure. Now, OK, it may only mean that they are 10 points above Sutton, but 32 points, 10 points above Sutton United, I they are obviously going to pick up a few more points over the course of the rest of the season, of course. But, you know, without jinxing any, any Doncaster fans listening, that is going to keep them up. Uh, and also, you've mentioned it. Really good to see Hacks getting on the score sheet and getting an assist there. Obviously, one goal, one assist, really impressive for him. Um, he is a player that had an absolute roller coaster of a time at Lincoln, um, you know, that has now effectively ended with this loan move. He's out of contract in the summer. If he impresses for Doncaster, who knows? He may be getting another move into League Two next season, potentially even with Donny. 
but obviously time will tell on that one. Uh, but it is nice to see him sort of playing well. All I will say, Doncaster Rovers fans listening, and this may sound a little bit harsh, I don't know whether Carl will agree, don't get your hopes up too much. Hakeem is far too inconsistent over sort of a run of games. So, yes, he's got that raw ability the sort that you saw, for example, at the weekend. But is he really going to be able to keep that going over a run of a, run of a few games? My answer is honestly no. And I guess that kind of ties into Doncaster Rovers' this season. So, there you are. You're a match made in heaven. And I can also definitely back that up. Uh, obviously, as I said, he was on loan at Gillingham last year. Um, so, yeah, we saw first time. He'll give you two or three great games in a row and then he'll go missing for three or four games. Um, it, and it was unfortunate. Uh, but again, it's all about him finding a system. This could, you never know, he could find a system at Doncaster that works for him. And this could kind of reignite his career. Who knows? But I thought, he, yeah, he was excellent yesterday. And assist and a goal, absolutely well-deserved. Um I'm going to ask you, Carl, just then, uh, obviously, Doncaster now are basically safe. Uh, but is there an outside chance that they could get dragged back in? Because you would expect with a striker like Joe Ironside in your, at your club, you should definitely be safe, safe shouldn't you? I'm going to say, yeah, there's, there's there's always an outside chance they'll get dragged back in. I think the chances of that are very slim. Yesterday, I don't think you can understate how big that win is for Doncaster. Um, if you, In terms of looking at the other side of the round, Colchester have pretty much pulled themselves away. Um, take Grimsby's result away yesterday. They look better and have done um, in the past few weeks. I know Doncaster played Grimsby actually next Saturday, so that's a really... But it's still a big game. They do both seem like they're safe. Um, it, it really depends. It depends how the next couple of months go for him. Um, get get a win against Grimsby next week, and that that definitely confirms it. You would you would reckon. I don't want to write Sutton off, and obviously we'll come to a game in a minute. Um, but I think you're looking at Doncaster now and thinking that that should be enough to keep him in the league. Um, I can only echo what both of you have said about Hakeem. Um, unfortunately, he is. I think it was epitomised by his first few games. There was when he signed. Uh, I read a bit of the social media reaction. There was, oh, he's, he's only a, a loan signing, and he's obviously out of contract in the summer, so he, he will be going somewhere else. There is no chance he stays at Lincoln. Um, but he didn't have a particularly good first game, and then, yeah, yesterday. That is that is what you can get from him. He he will give you a few good games a season. Um, you can't criticise him too much. That's uh, a lot of people, what people were saying. If you had a player who could consistently perform like that week in week out, they wouldn't be at Doncaster. No disrespect to Doncaster, they would not be no. in League Two. You would. It's, it's 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 the old average of if they were that good, they wouldn't be playing in League Two. They'd be playing for you know Man United, Arsenal, which your Chelsea's that they're in League Two for a reason. I mean, uh, look, we, I joke, you know, we, we've got Johnny Williams, who obviously used to play we are international football uh, with Gareth Bale. But there's obviously no Premier League doors came knocking in a uh, team. So he came uh, knocking in January, asking if he was available or, or championship or League One. They're, they're League Two players for a reason. Uh, but look, he, I think he would do a good turn for a League Two team. Uh, and hopefully Doncaster have got someone there. Uh, but look, uh, after that game, uh, Tranmere are in 18th, Doncaster are in 20th. 
We're going to move on to our final game. This is Morecambe versus Sutton United. And Jed Brannan secured his inaugural, sorry, secured his inaugural home win as Morecambe manager as an early goal from Jed Garner propped, propelled sorry, the team to victory over the league's bottom club, Sutton. Garner, who has now scored three goals in two matches, found the back of the net in the fourth minute by sliding in Joel Senior's impressive cross from the right wing. This crucial strike marked, marked Morecambe's first home triumph since October. In the 15th minute, Charlie Brown had a prime opportunity to extend Morecambe's lead following a through ball from Joe Adams. But Sutton's goalkeeper made a crucial save to deny him. Despite being denied a second goal, uh, effort uh, when uh, sorry Edwards' effort was ruled offside in the 57th minute, Morecambe continued to press forward. Sutton had their best chance in the 70th minute when Craig Eastman squandered a clear opportunity by firing over the bar. Although Sutton tested Archie Mayer through strikes from Omar Patrick and Charlie Leakin, Morecambe held on to secure a confidence-boosting clean sheet and claim the valuable win. And what a valuable win for Morecambe, but what a bit of a kick in the teeth almost for Sutton. You know, they, they really tried their hardest, uh, and but just that lapse in that first four minutes has, has cost them dearly, hasn't it, Charlie? It really has. Um, Sutton... Well, the bottom four teams in the division all lost yesterday. This was would have been the perfect opportunity for Sutton to be able to pick up three points or even a point just to close that gap ever so slightly. Um, obviously, last week with all four, well, in fact, all five of those bottom five sides all getting draws, it was kind of deadlock. And again, it's sort of deadlock again this week, which is a real shame. Although... As much as we kind of praised it at certain points and spoke about, sort of spoke heavily about their, uh, not to say their ability, because their, their ability has obviously been severely lacking this season, but in terms of their fight and desire, yesterday they, they did show some of that, but as well, it wasn't good enough. Obviously, you spoke about that chance. Don't really know how they missed it. Overall, they had 0.76 xG. They're not expected to score a goal in yesterday's game, which and obviously that's exactly how it went. You know, you uh, as the, yes, okay, they're on the away side away at, at Morecambe, of course, but having 58% possession, having 14 shots, but only having three of those go on target and only creating an XG of 0.76. Argument again that it's just not really good enough. Now, and I get that luck can very much be a thing. We talk heavily about sort of when you're down at the lower echelons of a table, that shot that might sometimes go in if you're a little bit more confident or, you know, the decision going your way and those little things that actually, it may just be confirmation bias, but you feel like you never go, they never go your way when you're down there. I think that's sort of the thing with Sutton as well. But there is clearly that lack of ability in there. And it's going to be a real shame if they're not a League Two side next season. Um, I would very much like to see them stay up. But I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. They need to be consistently picking up the points again and need to bounce back immediately from this loss. They've got the opportunity to do that. But they've also got a couple of difficult games coming up as well. Uh, Morecambe, on the flip side. I thought they were really, really good value for the victory. Yes, they had less possession and they actually had less shots on target. But, sorry, less shots overall, but more on target. They had 
over, well, over double the expected goals of Sutton United as well. Thought it was a real strong home victory. Like you say, also that clean sheet, real confidence booster, exactly what they'll have wanted because it's you know it's been a while since they've had a clean sheet in the league, so they can be really pleased with that. Now, bear in mind they are currently sat in twelfth on forty-three points, but a game in hand on a lot of those teams above them. They win that game in hand, suddenly we could be having a conversation again about whether Morecambe are then the team to push into seventh. Again, I don't think it's going to happen at all, but there's so many teams in and around that chasing pack, it's really enjoyable to kind of watch week in, week out. And Morecambe are on, you know, back-to-back victories now. They'd love to be able to pick up another one in midweek, I am sure. And it is going to be quite a big game for them, you know, if they want to be making sure to keep in touching distance or potentially even climb a little bit higher in the table as they travel to Tranmere Rovers. Uh, But then it's going to be a bit of a six-pointer this time next week as they travel away to AFC Wimbledon as well. So a couple of really big games coming up for Morecambe. But this is definitely going to give them a massive confidence, a momentum booster going into them. Yeah, Carl, I mean, look, Morecambe obviously up to, uh, I think it's 12th in the league as we we currently sit at the moment. There is that outside chance. I mean, they say they've got a couple of games in hand still. So, you know, are, are they sneaking up towards it or, or do you think they're going to maybe miss out this year? I personally think they'll miss out, but there's, there's no reason why they can't get in the playoffs. Um, they are stuck in that chasing pack at the moment, but as Charlie said, crucially, uh, with a game in hand that that gives them a chance to uh, to certainly put pressure on the sides above them, and who knows where they can go from there. Um, them games coming up. I mean, if anyone can uh, beat Wimbledon at the moment, as we said about their their form, um, fair play to them. They were they may they may then push on from that. Uh, but yeah, personally, I can't see it. Um, another really disappointing afternoon for Sutton. Um, Joe uh, Kizzy had a chance in injury time. I thought the boot was going to be on the other foot after uh, last week when they conceded a 96-minute equaliser to Doncaster, which really hurt them. Um, and yeah, this week they just they just the looks not there from at the moment. You do you do need that as much as anything when you're at the bottom. You're struggling. Um, I want them to stay up, but unfortunately, I just can't see it. Um, as Charlie touched on earlier about um, Wrexham, that's their next game. Even if they put in a perfect performance, you just kind of see Wrexham's quality shining through. I think Bradford will beat them. And then games against Colchester and Notts County, two really big games. Um, they've got to pick up points somewhere this month. Otherwise, they can pretty much say hello to the National League along with Forest Green, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, let's say we've obviously still got a few games left of this season to go. Let's see if they can pick up some points before then. But after that 1-0 loss yesterday, that leaves Sutton in 23rd and Morecambe are in 12th. Guys, we have made it to the end of another show. Charlie, thank you very much for joining me. Nah, thank you very much. I am looking forward now to... Well, in fact, I'm actually going to do a little bit of writing before Super Bowl tonight. I'm uh, staying up late and watching... I know, I know, sorry, the proper football fans that will be listening to this will be disappointed with me. Uh, I don't I mean, really watch too much NFL, but uh, Super Bowl, it's, how, it's an occasion, isn't it? How 
dare you do, exa- <laughs> do, do exactly what I'll be doing later. <laughs> uh, Carl, but thank you once again for joining us. Cheers, Matt. Pleasure as always. I will not be watching the Super Bowl, to be honest. This is not my cup of tea, but I'm not going <laughs> to lament anyone who does it. Um, enjoy. Enjoy is all I'll say. I'm not going to criticise it. And if, well, if you're listening to this and you did stay up to watch the Super Bowl, I hope your team won. And congratulations if your team won. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We will see you next week. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.